Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 5.30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. So it turns out that, yes, there is a war over information. We know this every single day. And uh, that's why the administration now is cracking down, cracking down again on big tech and freedom of speech. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 is the number if you want to weigh in on Twitter at Rich Zioli. It's funny, you know, I played you that whack job, Joe Scarborough, and I'll play it a little bit later for you as well. But to think about the authoritarianism of this administration, this particular administration, and what they do to their political enemies, and then to laugh at these people talk about how Trump would be an authoritarian. It's absolutely amazing. Here's a a clip I want to play for you, though. This is um, Anna Navarro who is one of those little trolls on The View. Now, I know this is painful, but I need you to listen to this. It's important. Because they want to punish... The whole theme of today's show has really been how they want to punish anyone who allows freedom of speech. Now, Univision, 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 like any other media outlet out there, wants people to see their candidates. And they have a lefty bias anyway. Univision has a lefty bias. Do you remember the way that everybody went after CNN for having a town hall with Donald Trump? Caitlin Collins made her big name that night, got her primetime show, but they went after her. They wanted CNN canceled. Donald Trump was the first guest on Meet the Press with the new host, Kristen Welker. Why? Because Kristen Welker wanted to have a phenomenal ratings bonanza for her first show and who do you get? But the guy who's going to give you the ratings, Donald Trump. So Donald Trump comes out and meet the press. It's not that complicated. You want to get ratings? You're the new host. Your first day, you want to show him, you want to go out with a bang, you want to start with a bang? Well, you get him. That's what you do. That's what you do. And it worked. But then they wanted her gone. Then they wanted to meet the press gone. So you see, now the idea is that anyone who gave Trump a platform needs to go. And as Biden is losing Latino voters and black voters and young voters, he is the problem. But they're realizing now that what they need to do is to stop Donald Trump from having any way to have his voice get out there. So here's Anna Navarro. And again, I apologize in advance. You got to listen to the cackling hens on The View, but I promise you it'll be worth it. Take a listen. Cut six. What the hell's going on over there? And some folks are calling for a boycott. Why is Univision going through this? And what is the what's happening here? And I'm going to ask you what the hell is going on there? Yeah. I've gotten so many calls in the last 10 days saying, ¿Qué carajo está pasando en Univision? <laughs> what the hell is happening yeah. in Univision? Because look, Univision, as you said, is the giant in Spanish news. And yeah. in Spanish news, there's a ton of misinformation in our community newspapers, in our radio stations. This is the place where Latinos, Spanish speaking Latinos go to get informed, to form educated opinions to get engaged. They help people get out to what they've been really great corporate citizens mm-hmm. and community citizens. Um, they have 
a tremendous co-anchor named Jorge Ramos, who's been there for decades. And they've got great credibility. I've seen many a strong man, many a corrupt person, leader, squirm under the questioning of Jorge Ramos. But they didn't have Jorge Ramos do this interview. They had a guy named Enrique Acevedo, who's supposedly a good journalist. I don't know him. But he sat there like if he was interviewing a, a panda. Yeah. And, you know, somebody described the interview, a political writer, as so soft it could have been pillow stuffing. And then all the things you've mentioned yeah. happen. And so it's led to all of this speculation. And then we learned that Jared Kushner is somehow involved, greasing the wheels with Televisa, the Mexican side that has bought part of it. So this is what I would say to television, to Univision viewers. Use your voice. Use your remote controls. Use your purchasing power with advertisers. If you've got questions, let them know. If you are disappointed and troubled, let them know. Because Univision has held people accountable. It is time for us Latinos to hold Univision accountable. See? Accountable for what? Having Donald Trump on. Accountable for what? Having Donald Trump on their network. They said so they want to punish him. They want they want Univision to be punished because they had Donald Trump on. This is, this is exactly what I'm talking about when I tell you that there is a war to silence anything that goes against the media narrative. So they'll even eat their own if that's what they have to do. Now, in order to do this, just like how you have to get kids at an early age on the back of a cereal box, if you want indoctrination to work... You have to then control the narrative at the earliest age possible. This is why I told you, Tammy Murphy, who's running for U.S. Senate in New Jersey, the first lady, the king's wife, who has to rub that royal rug every night. Well, on his head, the royal rug stapled to his head, you perverts. Tammy Murphy was out there saying that we need to have climate change education. All right. Now. Taking a page out of the book of indoctrination people at the youngest age possible, here's New York Governor Kathy Hochul. New York Governor Kathy Hochul announcing now that she is going to have her own class in information so that you'll learn what is really information and you'll learn what really isn't so that the state can control you from the earliest age possible. Take a listen. Today I'm directing the Director of Division of Homeland Security and Emergency Services to develop media literacy tools for K through 12 in our public schools. This will teach students and even teachers to help understand how to spot conspiracy theories and misinformation, disinformation and online hate. Start talking about what we're seeing out there. Give the teachers the tools they need to help these conversations in school. And by teaching younger New Yorkers about how to discern between digital fact and digital fiction, we can better inoculate them from hatred and the spread of it and help prepare them for a very fast moving and often confusing world. Got it. So we, we, we can prepare you and we can make sure that your mind is well washed and thoroughly brainwashed and thoroughly vetted. Got it. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. So I got a note from Matt DeSantis. I have to talk about Biden's cake. I'm happy to do that, but I feel like we should tweet this picture out. Yeah, I can send the photo out. It needs Let me to describe it for you. So Biden is holding the table with both hands. The cake is looks like it's on fire. There's a flame that comes out, and it's probably a good seven, eight inches above the cake line. <laughs> Maybe higher, actually. Because you could see there's, well, it gives us 81 birthday candles on a cake. This is actually a weapon of war. This cake is a weapon of war. If you took that cake, this could burn the White House down. In fact, I think this is what the British used in 1812 to burn the White House down, is this cake. It's like a trophy. There's 81 freaking candles on it, and it looks like a giant blowtorch. It looks like the blowtorch that they use at the end of uh well what's the what the, the hollywood uh what's the hollywood movie oh once upon you a know? time in hollywood yeah it yeah. reminds me of that the flamethrower <laughs> this cake looks like a blowtorch or like a flamethrower that they use at the end of that movie once upon a time in hollywood why couldn't they just used uh it could have used two candles just the eight and the one you didn't need to actually place 81 individual candles on this thing I mean, you got drapes right there. You got old wood. The White House was built in the 1800s. It's, you know what I mean? It's a fire hazard. Look at the way he's grasping that table, too. Holding well, on he's terrified of that cake. I'm scared uh, on his behalf. 
All right, so should we tweet it out with a little caption contest on there? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll tweet it out right now. Send your best caption. You know, Biden, Biden, he was around for when the British burned down the White House, so that's what he's thinking in that picture. <laughs> he remembers that quite well, and he's thinking about, oh, he's going, hey, grab the portraits, because that's what I think Dolly Madison did back then. Grab the paintings and run. That's what he's saying to everybody. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. 81 freaking candles on a cake makes a an inferno for you. <laughs> His social media team really dropped the ball here. That probably didn't need to be shared with the public. No. Probably not, right? What were you going to say, Henry? Like, the cake has got to be, like, just covered in wax, too, right? Oh, yeah. It burns so hot. I'd imagine it just it's all over, and it's just inedible after that. Hey, by the way, didn't you have a Jamie Raskin cut you wanted me to hear? Oh, yeah, yeah. Here, let me pull that up. Give me a second. All right, let me pull that up. Take your time. <laughs> now, while we're doing that, let me just say that I've decided that Taylor Swift is the lesser Kelsey partner. And Kylie Kelsey is my favorite of the two. So assuming that Taylor Swift becomes Taylor Kelsey at some point, and I don't think she'd take his name necessarily, but let's assume that they get married. Let's assume that this all works out. And uh, Travis Kelsey marries Taylor Swift, and she becomes the sister-in-law to uh, Jason Kelsey and his wife, Kylie Kelsey. Because I like Kylie. I I heard this, how she, she likes to hang in the stands. She's, I mean, she's the kind of woman who wants to hang out and drink beer in the in 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 the in the cheap sheet, cheap seats, not in the suite with the foie gras and the shrimp. You know what I mean? So I've, I'm I'm dubbing Taylor Swift to be the lesser Kelsey girlfriend. Is that lesser? Because I have, one's the wife, one's the girlfriend. I don't. Know. The lesser Kelsey uh, Gumada. No, that's not appropriate. I'm trying to think of the appropriate word. Part, partner. 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 There. That's probably better. The lesser Kelsey partner, Taylor Swift. So when people come to me and say, Taylor Swift, I'm going to be like, oh, you mean the lesser Kelsey partner? What? Well, because because uh, Kylie Kelsey is so much cooler. She's one of us. She's one of us. Take a listen. Cut number nine. The question we have to ask, your family's been getting a lot of attention over the last couple of yes. years. Yes. How has that switch uh, flipped for you? How is it feeling? It's um, not particularly my cup of tea to be in the spotlight or in front of a camera. I was a communication major in college. I love to be behind it. That's my bread and butter. Um, But at the end of the day, if it creates opportunities like this where we can leverage my network and figure out how to impact a community that has been so, so kind to the entire Kelsey family, um, I'm so happy to be able to give back to Kansas City in this way. Will you be in the uh, Kelsey suite tomorrow or I in will the not. stands? I will be in the stands tomorrow. I'm a stands girl. I love sitting in the stands, cheering with the fans, even if it's in an opposing team's stadium. Um, Travis has a lot of people who come to games, appropriately so. Everyone loves to support him. Um, but it means that it's it's a tight squeeze in there. So um, Also, it's fun to, to cheer and not feel like the entire room's rooting against you. Yeah, good for her. She's a stands kind of girl. I like that. She's a stands kind of girl, and she wants to hang out with the real people. For the people. Taylor Swift wouldn't be caught dead in the cheap seats. That's why she is the lesser Kelsey broad. <laughs> that was the first time I ever heard Jason Kelsey's wife uh, speak or be interviewed. She comes off as incredibly likable. Incredibly likable. That's why Taylor Swift is the lesser Kelsey broad. We have the better Kelsey brother, too, I think. I find Travis incredibly annoying, even before the whole um, Taylor Swift thing. I find him annoying, too, and pedantic and self-righteous, you know, ever since that stupid vaccine commercial. But also, too, the other commercials. He just comes across very, very arrogant, you know? He's on TV constantly. I, I don't need to see him every single time we cut to commercial. Yeah, and I, I happen to think that he's completely whipped by Taylor Swift. <laughs> completely whipped. Oh, There's no doubt in my mind about that. In that relationship. Yeah, it's, it, you know, and, and mean, I'll tell you right now, Taylor Swift probably thinks that he's, at the end of the day, boring. How much you want to bet? I don't think so. No? No, I think he's a pretty uh, colorful person, personality. Boring in his commercials. <laughs> Is too many vaccines? That's, that's poor writing. Too many vaccines. It's going to get to him. I'm telling you. It's weird that he has, like, 9 million commercials uh, cut this year. I don't remember him appearing in commercials before. And then 
all of a sudden he starts dating Taylor well, Swift also. Well, that weird how that they've got one of the biggest podcasts slash like kind of shows right now going on with him and Jason. Uh, I mean, he's the, probably going to go down as one of, if not the best tight end of all time. Yeah, but he didn't get any. It didn't seem like he got any of this attention even last year. All right, save save this for a podcast. I don't care. I really, that's all I wanted to do. I didn't want to devote a segment to Taylor Swift and Kelsey. I wanted to just make a comment, well, an that's, observation. That's always what happens, though, when you bring when you bring Taylor Swift up. It always turns into something else. Yeah, so do you two do a, why don't you two do a podcast about Kelsey and Taylor, since this is the thing that America's obsessed with. No one would listen to our podcast. Yes, they would. Frankly, I would promote I it. blame them. I would promote it heavily. <laughs> I would recommend that no one listen to our podcast. Wow. Uh, <laughs> well, no one's going to listen starts. to your podcast. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Would your podcast do better than the Marvels? Uh, I think basically anything. <laughs> it's, a, would. it's a low bar. Yeah. The, the movie The Marvels, which is the Brie Larson-led Marvel cinematic movie, fell 78% in box office performance for its second weekend out and is currently tracking as the worst second week showing for any modern day Hollywood superhero film, according to The Hollywood Reporter. It's a sequel to Captain Marvel, and it is going to fall short of $100 million at the domestic box office. Failed to meet expectations in its opening weekend. I'll tell you what the reason is. People don't like her. They don't like her. She's the problem. The Brie, the actress, Brie, Brie, uh, Brie Larson, she's the actress. She's the problem, I think. But also because everybody's, I think, I, I don't know. I, once people started saying the movie wasn't good, and then people say, I can just wait. I'm not in a rush. Maybe I'll watch it on Disney Plus or something. I'll wait. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, but you know the reason why they're blaming the failure of sexism, right? Oh, that makes sexism. sense. Because apparently men don't like seeing women in tight uh, spandex costumes. Apparently men don't like doing that. <laughs> so it's actually sexism that is the reason why the Marvels is falling. Not because it's not a good movie. Not because Brie Larson is a person that nobody likes. It's because of sexism. Even though typically what they used to do was put beautiful women in tight superhero outfits to sell ticket sales. And in fact, there are clubs across America that do that every single day and do it quite well. But it's sexism is the reason why that movie's failing. Do you see the point here? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> in other words, typically beautiful women in very tight-fitting superhero outfits equals money at the box office. So it can't be sexism, then that's the problem. It's got to be something else. Like the movie sucks, basically. Yeah, there's, there's no, no other answer for it. There's no tricking people anymore. Like, no, I, you can't trick people. No, like... <sighs> You can throw all the what? gimmicks you want out there, but at the end of the day, people are going to look at what people rated online before they go see it, and then, yeah. yeah. What do you got for me with this Jamie Raskin cut? I'm dying so, to hear it. Yeah, I heard, I heard it on a Rooney show, because I was, I was producing for him lately. Uh, it was Jamie Raskin, and I believe whatever Jake Tapper show is, uh, discussing uh, the riots at uh, the DNC headquarters. Okay. Um, and the way he answered the question just... I think it epitomizes why, like, the younger generations don't care about what they have to say on TV and, you know, personally why I don't care what any politician says because it's just a non – it's a non-sequitur answer. Like, it made no sense to me and why he even brought up something that had nothing to do with the riots of the DNC. So, here, I'll play this clip and you'll hear okay. it. Okay. What, what do you make of this as a, as a, a Jewish American, a proud progressive, a Democrat – um, there's there's anti-Semitism uh, in the Democratic Party these days. Well, I mean, there's anti-Semitism everywhere these days, as we were yeah. discussing with Elon Musk. And um, I mean, we're talking about a problem that goes back thousands of years, obviously. Um, I was very disappointed to see what happened over at the DNC the other day. Um, I mean, I'm glad that there are young people who are taking an interest in peace and social justice, and those people I encourage. But <clears throat> for those who are um, somehow tempted to engage in pushing and shoving like, uh, mm. you know, Kevin McCarthy um, yeah, in Congress, but doing it outside. I'm totally opposed to that. They should study the history of nonviolent movements in America. So the people there were these pro Hamas protesters were destroying property. And he equates that to Kevin McCarthy giving somebody an elbow shove in the hallway of Congress. Correct. And I, I couldn't but like when I pulled that clip, I couldn't believe it. And I was just like, this is 
it's again like it's unbelievable yeah, no, I'm, I'm speechless at, at stuff like that listen this is this is why i tell you all the time that you can't eat cereal because it's indoctrination all right <laughs> it really comes full circle henry bottom line it comes full circle. I hear you. You're supposed to believe that violent protesters destroying the Democratic National Committee causing violence is the same as Kevin McCarthy giving somebody an elbow shove in a hallway. Got it? Just accept that because Jake Tapper doesn't push back on him. Did you notice that? Yeah. No, Jake I didn't, Tapper I didn't, let that go. It's, it's crazy. They can just say anyone can just get up there and say anything. Now, Sheryl Sandberg, who is um, a very prominent voice, she says that rape should never be a tool of war and the horrors of the Hamas terror attacks can't be swept under the rug. Israeli authorities are building cases against Hamas militants accused of rape and sexual assault. As some deny or overlook the atrocities, a former tech executive says such violence can't be ignored. The silence on these war crimes is deafening, said Sheryl Sandberg. And Israeli officials start to build cases against Hamas militants accused of raping women during the October 7th terror attacks. Sheryl Sandberg, who was obviously very prominent in Facebook back at one point, uh, says this cannot be normalized and should not be ignored. Reports of rape and sexual assault have surfaced quickly in the immediate aftermath of the massacre. But in the weeks since, many more horrific incidents have surfaced and been revealed through the testimony of survivors and witnesses from the footage of body cameras worn by Hamas and through forensic evidence collected by the authorities. Now, Israeli authorities are working to hold the militant group to account for the violence. But amid this massive collection of documented evidence, the country has still been forced to contend with denials and dismissals of rape or other atrocities Hamas stands accused of committing on October 7th. Cheryl Sandberg, a former chief operating officer at Meta and the founder of the nonprofit organization LeanIn.org, wrote an opinion piece published Monday by CNN that regardless of all the different sides and views of the ongoing conflict, people should be able to agree that rape should never be used as an act of war. Hey, listen, the only people using rape as an act of war are Hamas. That's it. Period. Hamas. She said, we have come so far in believing survivors of rape and assault in so many situations, yet this time, many are ignoring the stories that these bodies tell us about how these women spent the last months of their lives. The silence on these war crimes is deafening. It's time to see beyond historical arguments about the past and political arguments about the future to denounce this now. See, what she's doing here is, again, she's trying to say, hey, listen, uh, we have to denounce the treatment of women by Hamas, we can get back to bashing Israel later and, uh, and deal with the historical arguments about the past, political, political arguments. We can, we can deal with that later. But first, we have to bash this, which is good because obviously rape should be condemned. But you see, this is the problem, though. The problem is that you have a lot of progressives out there who are defending Hamas because they argue that Palestinians are the victims in this whole thing, even though this was an attack by Hamas. Hamas, like these other radical extremist Muslim thinking countries and groups out there, like the Islamic Republic of Iran, they believe women are property. They don't believe women have rights. Women are not equal. Women don't have equal rights. In Israel, women do. Women do have equal rights. You can't rape them. It's not okay. Sexual assault and sexual violence is not okay. So you see, all these, these, these LGBTQ++, IA, every letter of the alphabet, rainbow groups on college campuses, all these people out there, all these young people on college campuses, all these uh, pro-Hamas terrorists who are, who are vandalizing the Democrat National Committee, all these pro-Hamas riots out there, what these people are, are doing is they're, they're pushing uh, support of people who don't believe women are people and that you can rape them and you can beat them and you can assault them and it's perfectly fine. And that's okay. And you're allowed to do that. So just, just, think, just think about that. Just think about that for a moment. And this is, again, part of the problem. This is the problem with letting progressives run the world is that they choose to ignore certain things if they think that group is the victim. So even though that group may stone gays to death and even though that group may, may stone a woman for committing adultery, uh, they're the victim. So embrace the victim, whatever the victim, they're the victim, period. 
and, and ignore all their dastardly deeds. You see, that's what that's the progressive mindset. So the Department of Defense, for example, could drop nearly $270 million in taxpayer funds to further the diversity, equity and inclusion and accessibility agenda from fiscal years 2022 to 2024. The DOD has scaled up its spending on it's now got another letter. So like everything else, they added another letter to it because God forbid something doesn't have an alphabet soup. So it's diversity, equity, inclusion and accessibility. Because obviously you have to deal with ableism. So ableism's got to go in there too. So now they had to add a letter. They always add letters. You can never just have enough letters, can you? The DOD has scaled up its spending on DEIA in the past three years, jumping from 68 million to 86.5 million. Remember the story I told you about earlier, how China is surpassing us with submarines? That's because we're worried about crap like this. Instead of the military focused on making sure that we have the strongest Navy in the world and that our ships can't be detected and that we don't have to worry about threats from China, we worry about diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. Bringing the total that the Department of Defense is spending in this area to $115 million for fiscal year 2024. Now, if that is approved, and it will be, that means that the Department of Defense will have spent nearly $270 million on diversity initiatives for the past three years, an average cost of $90 million a year. Biden's Pentagon has repeatedly pushed for further adoptions of the DEI agenda in its operations. Inoculate DEIA principles across all Department of Defense efforts. That is one of their great proposals. DEIA has impacts on the department's workforce and its mission, and therefore it should be examined beyond the traditional human resource lens by which it historically has been viewed. Institutionalize the advancement of DEIA and the value of diversity to the department's mission. There you go. This is why China is kicking our ass militarily when it comes to submarines. This is why. Unbelievable. All right, uh, we got a, a lot more to come, and I'll be filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, today at 6 o'clock, starting on his show, going all the way up to 9 o'clock, so make sure you join in. But I want to tell you about my friends at Emmons Roofing and Siding because they do such great work. I'm so proud of the work they do, and I love their remodeling business too, and you will as well. Kitchens and bathroom remodeling. <clears throat> when they did our kitchen and our bathroom at Emmons, we were blown away. By the, by the work that they did and the level of care that they took every single step of the way. That's what Emmons can do for you. Just go to EmmonsRoofing.com or EmmonsRemodeling.com. They have an Emmons Remodeling showroom in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. You can see it for yourself. Or go to EmmonsRoofing.com or EmmonsRemodeling.com and see a lot of the projects that they've done. Roofing, siding, windows, doors, and yes, kitchen and bathroom remodeling. Now, they serve our entire region, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and the Jersey Shore. If you have a Jersey Shore house, winter is brutal on Jersey Shore homes so make sure that you have emmons come and inspect it today for a free estimate just go to emmonsroofing.com matt and stephanie will take great care of you they will make sure that your home is ready to go so when it comes to a company you can trust go with the company that i've been trusting with my home for the past six years that's emmons emmonsroofing.com emmonsroofing.com worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. All right, as we continue along here on a, uh, what is it now? I guess it's uh, Tuesday, almost Thanksgiving. Hard to believe, right? Almost Thanksgiving time. But I will be in for the great one, Mark Levin, starting at 6 o'clock. So we'll switch over to Levin's show in uh, just under half hour, which will be fun. So stay tuned for that. We have a lot to chat about on the national front, obviously. But I want to I want to share this local story with you, and that is uh, it's also national, though it's both. I mean, it's it's both. I always I, the way I look at it is like this: if a story is national and has no interest to you locally, or a story is locally and has no interest to you nationally, then I haven't done my job because. Let's face it, you may not care about a New Jersey political story, but I think you will because this this involves New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez, who is the corrupt U.S. Senator, who is the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. The very powerful Senate Foreign Relations Committee. And that guy still has access to this day to classified information. Highly classified information. That's what Bob Menendez has. And we know that Bob Menendez was helping his friend Egypt. We know that he was helping Egypt to get money, securing money despite their horrific human rights record, all about enriching himself with his buddy who was selling halal, halal meat, the, the halal meat certification for the entire Egyptian c- country, the entire Egyptian country, all of Egypt, they have to have their meat certified halal. And this guy, Menendez's buddy, who had never done it before, got the contract to do the whole country. And he's the one that was feeding Menendez the gold bars and the cash and all of it. Well, now Tammy Murphy, the first lady of New Jersey, King Philip the Unaccountable's wife, his royal rugness, she's running for U.S. Senate. And all of these very powerful Democrats are all backing her now. Democratic county chairs, members of Congress, they're all coming out and supporting her because the king is vindictive and very powerful. As I've mentioned to you before, the governor of New Jersey is the most powerful governor in the country when it comes to just raw political power. He controls contracts. He controls funding. He controls jobs, all of it. So these Democrat county bosses, they know where their bread is buttered and they're not going to cross the governor. And the senators and the assembly members and the members of Congress are all not going to cross the governor. And why would they? To back a corrupt U.S. senator? Bob Menendez knows the only leverage he has, the only leverage he has, is that he's got the goods on these people. So in in your classic New Jersey political fashion, he's lashed out at his fellow Democrats from Hudson County, New Jersey. And he said the following, according to David Wildstein on X. I know where all the skeletons in closets are. I know who all the players are in and out of government and the issues most important to the people of Hudson County. At the end of the day, I don't need the party line to win in Hudson. So it's a direct threat, a direct threat that I will turn around and I will reveal everything to you. There'll be no secrets. I know where the body, and this is because Hudson County Democrats, including Steve Fulop, who's the mayor of Jersey City, who wants to run for governor, Brian Stack, a couple other people whose names you don't know, but they've all backed Tammy Murphy for governor, for a U.S. Senate, excuse me. They've all backed her. And this is also because the South Jersey Democrats have decided that, that why not have a friend in Tammy Murphy? So they're, they're aligning with her too. The fact of the matter is, though, is that Bob Menendez, in typical dirty Jersey fashion, will go after these people. And I'm sure they're all as corrupt as he is. I'm sure they're all as corrupt as Bob Menendez is because that's how the game is played up there in North Jersey, in that machine of Hudson County and Union County where Menendez is from. This is where this is where the game is played, and it's a vicious game. It's a game that leaves no prisoners. And interestingly enough, the, uh, the son of Bob Menendez, Rob Menendez, he won't distance himself from his father's attack on Hudson Democrats. 
Hudson Democrats plan to poll in January to see if Menendez's name makes him viable for re-election. Now, according to some polls that just came out, his approval rating after his indictment is at about 6%. Look, I have no doubts the guy's corrupt. Everybody in Jersey politics has known that, that Senator Bob Menendez is corrupt. And the chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee. And look, I got to give props to uh, John Fetterperson. I'm not going to bring gender into it, but John Fetterperson, he's come out and said Menendez should not be on that committee. Menendez should not be getting access to classified information, period. Period. The information that he has as the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, far too classified, far too secret. And this guy's still getting them. Well, two months after the Justice Department charged Bob Menendez with bribery, conspiracy, and illegally acting as an unregistered agent of a foreign government, Rob Menendez, the son, has been unable to secure commitment from the Hudson County Democrat Organization to run on the county line for re-election next year. More than a dozen Hudson Democrat insiders, many of whom like Menendez personally, the son anyway, expressed concern that perhaps unfairly sharing his father's name could make him unelectable. Interestingly enough, there's another person who shares his name. That is Alicia Menendez. She is an MSNBC on-air talent, anchor. I mean, she's not a journalist, so she's your typical MSNBC, you know, lefty. She was walking beside her father in court, and she's, she's, she shares the Menendez name. I, I mean, I don't think MSNBC is going to take any retaliatory actions against her, nor should they, of course, for that. I mean, she plays the game. She trashes Trump. She trashes Republicans. She, she spews the lefty nonsense all day long at MSNBC, just like Morning Joe does, just like that psychopath Joe Scarborough does. So I'm not surprised by it. And speaking of Joe Scarborough, you, you know that Joe Scarborough's unhinged rant today. I played it earlier in the show for you, but in case you missed it, it's just it's so it's yeah, just it's have just a responsibility to, to really to tune out the voices of of the haters how about of, you tune out the, the voices that are in your head uh, double and triple checking and shilling for him and suggesting Sick. that somehow they're being biased bending over backwards treating him like a normal candidate he's not a normal candidate he is notice how mika is like she's the, the the sidekick and she just sits there and she sighs and she just agrees she's his hype man i guess oh, oh that sigh oh running to end American democracy as we know it. He's an authoritarian who a, a court uh, in, in Colorado they two days be best ago ruled that, that he led an insurrection they, they, against they used the United to be buddies. States government. Best buddies. He's charged with leading schemes to help overthrow the United States government. So so if they want to frame it uh, that way, that's fine. If, if you want to be fair, if you want to be fair, then you will frame this. Uh, as uh, Joe Biden being the candidate that supports American democracy oh. and Donald Trump, a candidate who supports a new form of government here, this authoritarian. It's really that. Right, because Joe Biden's government is not at all going after political enemies, right? Like authoritarian, authoritarian regimes do. Not at all. I mean, he's not in any way, shape or form going after his political enemies, right? Not going after pro-lifers, not going after moms who go to school board meetings, not going after his chief political rival with the United States Department of Justice, not spying on people, right? None of those things that are happening. Because if that were, if those things were to happen, well, that would be authoritarianism, as you know. And clearly, none of that is happening because we, we would not, this is, I mean, that would be authoritarian, as you know. Let's keep going with this here. Simple. And by the way, Reverend Allen, people go, oh, you can't compare him he to past Nazi leaders. You can't compare him to this past Nazi leader or that past fascist leader because he hasn't done that. Well, what hasn't he done? He hasn't done the things that the American judicial system did not allow him to do last time, but may very well allow him to do this time or a judicial system that will be ignored by Donald Trump and ran over by Donald Trump to create the greatest constitutional crisis of our lifetime. So this is just 2016 rehashed all over again. I mean, these people have no original ideas. We already heard all this in 2016. That Trump was Hitler, Trump was, it was Mussolini. How come Mussolini never gets brought up? I just went to the World War II History Museum recently. Never been. You really should go. It's in New Orleans. What, a, what an incredible place. But, you know, there was a whole campaign in Italy, and Mussolini rose to power pretty early on. And the Americans, we also had to, the Allies had to invade Sicily. 
and they had to they had a they had a, the battle of sicily was very very bloody the italian campaign was very bloody how come trump never gets compared to mussolini i'm just curious i'm just asking the question but it's always hitler it's always hitler with these people and we heard all this in 2016 and yet right now in america democrats hate jews there are democrat politicians who are openly standing with hamas and hamas wants to eliminate jewish people Wipe them off the earth, just like the Nazis. And the Democrats stand with them. So, enough, like, stop recycling the same tired old tropes from 2016, the same tired old fear factor mongering. Fear mongering. Factoring. Right. Because he hasn't done it yet doesn't mean he won't do it. Oh, that's the standard. So he had four years as president, and he didn't do any of those things that they've been warning us about. But that doesn't mean he won't do it the second time around. That doesn't mean the next time he won't do those things. How about what the president of the United States is actually doing? Is actually running a political campaign that is going after people, that is, that is persecuting political enemies. The very definition of authoritarianism, like what Mussolini did in Italy, like what the fascists did in Italy when they turned around and they started to go after their political enemies all of the time. Uh, but I know, I know, that's silly, right? That's silly. To, to think to equate the two is just silly. Come on. And he gets a chance to do it. He's and if he is well. voted into office, then a lot of these Mika people just that says are these little, literal or... Let me just stop it. Mika just says these little, like, uh-huh, uh-huh. He just kind of throws words out there here and there in the middle of Joe's rant. And then says nothing, and then she nods her head, and then sighs, and then just, like, repeats the last thing he said. So dire. So dire. Figurative, or whatever the hell they're saying. You're going to look like idiots. Uh, because he will do, he will get away with, he will imprison, mm-hmm. he will execute mm-hmm. whoever execute. he's allowed to imprison execute uh, 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 drive from the country uh, j- just look at his past man it's not insane. really hard to read only again the only thing that stood between him and the destruction of american democracy was the federal judiciary no doubt about it and, no and doubt I about it that, joe uh, when we talk about framing bring reverend when we talk about framing how about how about you framing people for crimes they didn't commit uh, al sharpton uh look you know the bottom line is this i i've i've had it with the 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 craziness on that that station but what what led me to this point was the fact that just bob and his daughter is on msnbc that's just what led, led me to make this point and uh, you know i i I'd be remiss if I did not tell you that the problem here for all of us as we're watching this craziness ensue is that these people secretly deep down inside, guys like Joe Scarborough, want him back. This is the, you're trashing your ex-lover, but you really want the ex-lover back. You know you do. You know you do. You miss him. You miss him a lot. You really, really want him back. Uh, Listen, let me tell you about Omaha Steaks because now is the time to load up on some delicious, delicious Omaha Steaks because there's nothing like firing up the grill. After you get the taste of turkey out of your mouth, you're going to want a juicy steak again. Am I right? Friday night's coming. Weekend's coming. Games, tailgating. Omaha Steaks makes it easy and you're going to save money. This is the thing. You go to the grocery store to buy your Thanksgiving feast, and you're realizing, despite what the media tells you, despite what the White House tells you, that everything is more expensive now. But Omaha Steaks is going to give you an extra $30 off at checkout when you use my name, Zioli, at checkout. So let me ask you, where else can you get 30 bucks off at the checkout line? You can't. But it's a 50% off site-wide savings that's going on right now at omahasteaks.com. 50% off. I'm talking about hand-trimmed, butcher's cut filet mignons, the best burgers you've ever had, these gourmet jumbo franks my kids love, comfort meals, decadent desserts, side dishes, and so much more. And using my name, Zioli, gets you the extra 30 bucks off. This will not last, of course. So you want to go to omahasteaks.com. I'll tell you something else, too. In this age of China buying up farmland and buying up food companies as well, a lot of those American uh, uh, meat companies are owned by Chinese conglomerates now. They still have American names, but they're not American. Omaha Steaks, Five generation of Americans, five generations of an American family owning the absolute best quality steaks, guaranteed to be the best. And all you got to do is just go to OmahaSteaks.com, put in my name, Zioli, to get $30 off your order. Do it today. Thanks.
for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. All right, as we continue along here, I will be turning it over to the great one, Mark Levin, as in me, filling in for him in uh, just a few minutes. But as we get ready for Thanksgiving week, tomorrow's show is going to be an abbreviated show. It's not my fault. We just have a... um, we have a basketball game tomorrow afternoon. And so because of that fact, I will not be on until after the game, which could be 530, could be six, whatever it is. And then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll finish out strong and then we'll come back. That's how we'll do it. But tonight, join me till 9 p.m. on Mark Levin's show. Jordan Peterson is one of my favorite guys. I love his, his intellect, his thoughts, the things that he says. And he's one of those guys who has been out there talking about victimhood and how dangerous victimhood is. And part of the reason why you see such anti-Israel bashing going on right now is because you have a lot of people, a lot of people out there, who have decided that the Palestinians are the victims. I think it's something in the mindset of a leftist where you always have to find victims wherever you look. There has to be victims. And so in this case, it's got to be the Palestinians, obviously. Now, that narrative is completely wrong. And Jordan Peterson told Bill Maher as much when he said the leftists, the leftists have already decided the Palestinians are the victims. But what happens is that they are then saying that well, being oppressed I is being if the Holocaust Yeah, well, this, but this is, the, this is the main issue. I mean, part of the reason that you see all this foolishness on university campuses, too, is because people have bought this idiot metamarxism, which is that the way to look at every social relationship that people ever have is through the lens of power. And that that is, we can put that squarely at the feet of the universities, as far as I'm concerned, is, you know, marriage is a patriarchal institution and business is nothing but oppression. And you have to view every single situation that emerged historically as oppressor versus oppressed. And then once you get that, which you can get in about two minutes, if you sit in a course that teaches that sort of thing, you have a lens to moralize about the whole world through. And then you see the situation is that the leftists have already decided the Palestinians are the victims. And as you pointed out, if you're a victim, then you're morally righteous. And even more conveniently, if you stand for the victim, then you're morally righteous, regardless of what you do with your own life. And that's pretty much what university students are taught from the time they enter the university classroom. And that's how they, you know, orient themselves morally. And that's at the hands of the radical left, too, Bill. And one of the things the Democrats also have to pay the price for, I would say, is their absolute refusal to draw a line between the moderate Democrats and the extremists. They're completely incapable of doing that. Like, I've talked to 40 senators and congressmen in the last five years. I asked them all the same question, including RFK. He wouldn't answer either. When does the left go too far? Well, we certainly bloody well saw it in the last month, didn't we? Because they got the oppressor, oppressive narrative, a little mucked up, we might say. And we're going to, the consequences of that are going to unfold pretty brutally over the next few months. This is the problem, though, right? I mean, the, the, the left always has to find the idea that there are victims and then be on the side of the victim in order to, to feel self-righteous. This is why the people have the I, hate has no home here signs on their, on their yard. The Ukraine flags, the we believe in science crowd. They have to virtue signal to the world because they've decided that that makes them a good person. I'm a good person. I'm on the right side of the cause. So therefore, I'm a good person. And it's infuriating. It's frustrating. It really is. Because the, the idea that there are uh, this, this, that the Palestinians are these oppressed people has been a narrative that the left has been pushing for a long, long time. And you can't intellectually defend it. But that's the point. With leftism, you don't have to intellectually defend anything. It's all about feelings. How do you feel about something? Do you feel that that's unjust? Well, then it's unjust. Do you feel that those words are hurtful? Then they're hurtful. Do you feel as if that person's wrong? Well, they're wrong. You don't have to defend. You don't have to justify. You don't have to turn around and do a damn thing. All you have to do is just feel it and then be told it's the right thing. And then to, to, to make yourself feel good, you then go out there and tell everybody that you've embraced the right thing. This is also a problem in corporate America, too. And increasingly in corporate America, you see this, which is why employees are very nervous to speak out on things that they know is going to go against the company line. Because the companies all want to look good. And the companies are struggling with how to handle this whole thing. That would have been very easy for them early on to just come out and say, what Hamas did was barbaric, atrocious, and we stand with Israel. 
But you have a lot of leftists who work in corporations. And so a lot of those leftists were giving the same narrative of what about the Palestinian people? What about the Palestinian people? Well, it's not about the Palestinian people. It, it, is, about, it is about Israel destroying Hamas. And these are terrorists who happen to be embedded among civilians, but they are doing everything they possibly can to be humanitarian about this and to defend lives, to defend innocent lives. But again, this is the problem. Corporations are very nervous about that 20-something person that they hired from an elite Ivy League school who's heard all this nonsense over the years, and they're worried about that person, and they try to placate them because they also then think that that person reflects the broader view of America. Leftists do not represent the broader view of America. You and I do. We are, the, we are the view of America that is mainstream. That's why I never refer to the media as mainstream. They're not the mainstream media. They're the corporate media. What we talk about on this show, this is actually mainstream thought. You know how many people come up to me all the time and say, Rich, I, you are so, I agree with you 100%, but I can't say anything, but, but you are dead on, spot on. You know how many times I hear that in my life, in my days, how often I hear that? What we talk about on the show is actually mainstream. The media, the corporate media has an agenda. It's a leftist-driven agenda. You know it, and I know it. Listen, before I turn it over to the great one, Mark Levin, as in myself, filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, I want to tell you about my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, great guy, great friend of the show, and the master of dental implants. There is simply nobody better than Dr. Mike Venaria. That's why I want you to go see him, because he's going to give you a beautiful smile, and he'll give you a free consultation, and he has two offices to serve you, Cinnamonson and Woodbury, both right over the bridge so what are you waiting for make your appointment today he's a great guy great office great people great music playing and he is so respected among his peers for 10 years in a row he's been named top dentist in south jersey for a reason and people travel all over to see him don't let the new jersey part intimidate you he's right over the bridge like i mentioned but people travel to see him from california texas new jersey pennsylvania all over the place mama zioli comes from myrtle beach south carolina so make your appointment today. Just go to VenariaDental.com, V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com. My dentist, my friend, and the master of dental implants, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.